0: Hello, friends, and happy Easter! Welcome to church. My name is Adam, and it's my joy to be the senior pastor here at First United Methodist Church. You know, we as a staff are taking the order to stay at home very seriously. And so, as a part of worship, you'll see different people chiming in from uh, different places to help lead us in song, to help us uh, read through the scriptures, to lead us in prayer. You'll hear what I hope is a good message, and we'll have the opportunity to be generous as a part of worship. We also want to have a little bit of fun. And so for kids, uh, keep your eyes peeled because you'll see some Easter eggs pop up with a letter on them. Then you can put those all together and decode the secret message that we have for you. Another fun thing that I thought we'd uh, start off with was, for me, what's an eternal debate? And that is the subject of Easter candy, one of the great traditions. So I thought I would give to you the Adam Musto Easter candy power rankings. I'm gonna give you the bottom two and the top two. And at the very bottom of the list, all I have for you today is a picture because I didn't even wanna bring this substance into my home, the all black jelly beans. I mean, not only did I not wanna buy them and bring them into my home, I wouldn't give them to my worst enemy. Now, I've heard of legend of people who actually enjoy these black licorice-flavored jelly beans. I don't know what to say other than if you like these, you are a soulless monster. Let's go to second from the bottom, and that is the Peep. Is anyone really sure what these are made of? Now, my wife and kids love these, and I don't get it. I mean, supposedly, if you put them in the microwave, they'll blow up and explode. I think they barely qualify as edible, and I wouldn't eat these if they were the last thing in my home during quarantine. Peeps, out. Let's get to the top of the list. Coming in at number two, the Starburst jelly bean. Unlike those inedible, terrible, horrific, sinister uh, black licorice jelly beans, these are the real deal. It's as if an artist created them. They have a sheen about them. Each of the individual colors and flavors are discernible. Amazing Easter candy. When these come out, I know it's going to be good. And finally, at the top of the list, the king of the castle, the Reese's egg. The perfect balance of peanut butter and chocolate. A whimsical shape like an egg. It's the best of Reese's and the best of Easter candy. Number one. Now an even greater tradition than debating Easter candies is uh, something that the church does that goes back a long time. And that's the tradition on Easter Sunday. uh, The traditional greeting between Christians was one person will say he is risen and the others will answer he is risen indeed. So there's your little preview. I'm going to do it once now and you'll hear that throughout the service. Friends, he is risen. I'm going to turn it over to our worship leaders. Let's go to God together.
1: The dark tried to hide you and steal you away. Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you, he tried but he lost, you cannot be stopped, when we cried for freedom you tore down the walls, the weight of our burdens you carried fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. You cannot be stopped. Move around mountains, break around chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. We we'll sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stand against God. We stand on your victory. We shout out your praise. Miracle maker, you're mighty to say. Awesome power, relentless in love. Oh, you cannot be stopped. Breaker of chains, Jesus has triumphed over the grave We Sing hallelujah, the battle is won Nothing can stand against our God There's nothing that can stop our God There's nothing that can stop our God there's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. Stop our God. There is nothing. Move around mountains, break around chains. Jesus has triumphed. We sing hallelujah, the battle is won Nothing can stand against our God Move of mountains, breaker of chains Jesus has triumphed over the grave We sing hallelujah, the battle is won Nothing can stand against our God Sing hallelujah, the battle is won stand against
2: the God. Happy Easter. It's so good to be with you on this Easter Sunday. I hope this past week you were able to get out and enjoy some of the beautiful weather that we were blessed with. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord, our God, our Redeemer, you love this world so much that you gave your one and only Son that we might be called your children too. Lord, help us to live out in the gladness and grace of Easter Sunday every day. We come to you broken, openly confessing our need for you. Even without asking, we know you've already forgiven our sins. You alone can renew our hearts and minds and lives, giving us strength for the days ahead. Be with our world as all nations face the trials of COVID-19. There is illness, isolation, scarcity of resources, unemployment, worry, anxiety, depression. Lord, there is death, grief, and hopelessness. Lord, we know that you can renew us with your love. Let us remember that we are loved by you, the one true God. Let your redeeming grace and your redeeming love redeem us. Let us reflect your peace and hope to a world that so desperately needs your presence and your healing. Thanks be to you, God, for your indescribable and undeserved gift of Jesus Christ. To you be the honor and the glory on this Resurrection Day and always. Together with our voices, we lift the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
3: There yeah. you yeah. You are singing songs of redemption.
4: Morning Scripture reading today comes from the book of John chapter 11 verses 17 through 26. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day.
0: I gotta be straight with you here. I believe the kids call it keeping it 100. This is an Easter unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. I can't sit here and pretend that everything's normal. I mean, I'm wearing a tie in my living room. This is crazy. But when we think back to the first Easter, we may have much more in common with those first Christians than we have ever before. They face fear of what tomorrow might bring In the days after Jesus' death, they quarantined themselves. They isolated themselves behind locked doors. They were fearful of the future. They experienced uncertainty. Their leader had been executed. This man that they loved had been killed, even though he had committed no crime. They experienced deep grief, saddened by the loss of their teacher and savior. They were grieving. Now, I didn't get all dressed up to give you a sad Easter message, so buckle up because we're not going to stay here. I just need to be honest and acknowledge reality. The human response to loss is grief. This is not at all how I thought my first Easter as your pastor would go. This is also the first Easter without my dad who passed in February. I wasn't going to bring this up, But Easter is also my birthday this year. And the next time that happens is 2093. So this is it. This is it. I desperately wish we could have celebrated together, friends. I just want to be honest about all the things we've lost. I know a family who had a baby in March and her entire family hasn't even met their daughter yet. I know multiple families who've had a loved one pass and they can't celebrate properly with the funeral. High school seniors are losing their last semester. They're they're losing prom. My guess would be graduation is going to look a little bit different. The economic impact of this crisis has left millions in a state of loss. Tens of thousands around the world are sick. Untold, millions are worried. And depending on what model you read, you can look at all the zeros behind uh, the number of people they think could perish as a result of this virus. I don't have the mental or emotional capacity to comprehend the massive amount of loss we've all experienced since mid-March. So I would encourage you to not minimize whatever loss you've experienced. Please allow yourself to grieve. When humans lose something, grief is our response. But in our scripture today, we're going to read about an episode in Jesus' life where grief and hope collide. In this I Am series, we've been looking at the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in the book of John. If you've missed uh, the experience of this series, I'd invite you to check it out on our website. We have those messages posted, and we'd love to invite you uh, to see those for yourself. As we celebrate Jesus' victory over death today, we hear him say, I am the resurrection and the life. We've saved the best for last. My hope is that today on Easter, we would know that we've lost a lot, but not all is lost. We're gonna be spending a lot of time in John chapter 11 this morning. John is one of the four gospels that are these biographies of Jesus. The word gospel is simply a word that means good news. So let's share some good news together today, friends. I'm gonna be hitting the highlights from John chapter 11, but I'd encourage you to read the whole thing. So if you need to, go ahead and pause the video, nothing wrong with that, and grab a Bible off the shelf or go to bible.com and download uh, an amazing Bible app that's free. Uh, Do whatever you need to do to open up the scriptures together this morning. In John 11, Jesus is traveling with his disciples when he gets word that his friend Lazarus is sick. Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, who we read about lots of times in the New Testament. In verse 5, it says that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So this is somebody who Jesus had a a deep relationship with. And Jesus gets word that he's sick, Lazarus says, but he doesn't leave immediately, which I find curious. He waits another two days and he says to his disciples that he's going to wake them up. And then he says in verse 15, that for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Jesus is aware that Lazarus has succumbed to his illness and he's died. We're going to pick up in John 11, verses 17 through 20. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So Jesus comes on the scene and people are grieving. Martha, the sister, said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Later on, her sister Mary will say the same thing in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now you can take this statement a couple different ways. Depends on how you want to read it. Is it a statement of faith? Like, I believe that Jesus, had you been here, you could have prevented this. Or is this a statement of blame? You weren't around. Why did you let this happen? Maybe you've asked yourself a a similar question in the past month. God, why, why are you allowing all this to happen? Maybe you find yourself somewhere on that spectrum between faith and rage and you can switch from one to the other pretty quickly. You wake up and think to yourself, this is the day the Lord has made. And then your kids start freaking out or or you've you got Zoom problems. That's That's a new thing for all of us, right? Stuff just ain't working out. And then all of a sudden, you're not so serene. It's been a struggle, hasn't it, friends? I think it's significant that the people who were with Jesus who were actually with him, brought to them their frustrations, their honest reactions, and their emotions. So if during this whole thing, you've thought to yourself, God, why didn't you do anything about this? Then you're in good company. I think that's an excellent question to ask. And it's questions like those we're going to be exploring in our next three-week series called Why. So I'd invite you to join us for that as well. Now I'm going to skip ahead a bit here, but the response of Jesus to these two sisters and to this whole scene of people mourning Lazarus, Jesus' response is grief. Let's pick up in verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Little piece of trivia, John eleven thirty-five, shortest verse in the Bible. In his humanity, Jesus experienced grief in response to loss. And I find this fascinating because even as Jesus wept, he knew this wouldn't be the end of the story. Earlier in John 11, when he was first talking with Martha, she said to him in verse 21, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. These were her next words in verse 22. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. It seems to me that Jesus had other plans. He's going to not only reward her for her faith, but also choose this occasion to make a demonstration so that others could share her faith. Verses 25 through 27, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. There it is. The one who believes in me will live even though they die And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. Jesus is going to raise Lazarus as a preview of the destiny of all who believe in his name. This is a validation of Jesus saying, I am the resurrection. He didn't just come to describe a future event. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection, he's stating that he is the means through which God sovereignly conquers death and grants life. Death cannot claim anyone who belongs to Jesus. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die, Jesus said. And then to display his power and authority over death, Jesus does the unthinkable. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice. I can't be real loud because my kids are sleeping. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I've always enjoyed movie previews. They kind of give you some excitement about what's to come. And for the really big movies, they even make a big deal out of the premiere of the preview. The movie's not coming out. The preview of the movie is coming out to tell us about the movie premiere later. I like that. Jesus raised Lazarus as a sneak preview of the destiny of all who believe in his name and as a display of his power and authority over death. There's lots of similarities to Lazarus in the Easter story. People were mourning the death of someone they loved. A body had been laid in a tomb long enough for it to begin to decay and to make sure that the person within that tomb was dead. A stone guarding the entrance was rolled away and people were astonished at the results. One key difference, Lazarus wasn't resurrected. He was resuscitated. When Jesus raised Lazarus, he revived his earthly body But Lazarus would eventually die again. Not a lot of people die twice. Resuscitation is reviving an earthly body. Resurrection is receiving a heavenly body. We read this in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. We eagerly await a savior from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I just wanna say out loud that this is a wild thing to believe in. That the son of God 2000 years ago was on planet earth and he lived and taught and died and then somehow wasn't. If you have a hard time getting your mind around this, I just wanna let you know it's okay. But let me be clear, Easter ain't about eggs or ham or bunnies or candy. Those things are fun, but Easter is about the celebration of the defining event in human history that Jesus was crucified and that three days later he was raised and that by believing in him, we too can share in his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is a central belief It's the central belief in the Christian faith. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the author Paul is also separated from his congregation, and he corresponds with them through a letter. And in this letter, he chooses to spend a lot of the precious words he can say to them on the central element of our faith. We read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. This is what we're celebrating on Easter, friends, the good news, that you don't have to try and have the good you do outweigh the bad you do, that Jesus came to restore our relationship with God, sacrificing himself for our sake, that on the cross. God used the very tool that was designed to bring about Jesus' shame and death to create the promise of new life when Jesus was resurrected three days later. Believe this and live, my friends. The good news of the resurrection has the power to turn grief to hope. Grief is about what we've lost. Hope is about what we will gain Grief is all about reacting to what is and what has been. Hope is anchored in what will be. This is what I'm clinging to. I told somebody the other day, I'm glad the Chiefs won the dang Super Bowl because otherwise this would be like the worst year ever. Right? I bury my dad in February. The whole world goes to doo-doo in March. In April, I choose to believe that we've lost a lot But all is not lost. Mary and Martha were grieving their brother. Jesus was grieving his friend. Lazarus was dead four days and he was going to stink. But then their grief turned to hope because of Jesus. Jesus was executed an innocent man. He was buried in a tomb for three days. But the apostles' grief turned to hope when he appeared to them, having been resurrected. We haven't seen a global epidemic like this in my lifetime, anyway. If everyone gets sick at once, our hospitals will be overwhelmed and untold thousands or millions or I don't even know the number could perish. But we know that this is not the end of the story. That because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he changes the facts right in front of our eyes because Jesus turns grief into hope. You know, the first Easter wasn't a party. They didn't know what was going on. Let's celebrate this Easter, which is unlike anything we've ever experienced before. I'm still putting on my suit. I'm getting some curbside pickup at Q39 at noon. We're going to have us a little Easter egg hunt along with our neighbors and dear friends who, separated by the fence, are going to do the same thing so we can celebrate at an appropriately socially distanced way. I'm going to call my sister, my mom, my stepmom, and I'm going to make sure that they know we're getting together for a second celebration and that when all this is over, they still going to owe me a birthday gift. That's right. For Easter Sunday, I'm going to admit, friends, that we have lost a lot, but all is not lost. On this day, we give thanks for Jesus Christ who said, I am the resurrection and the life we celebrate his victory over death and the hope of new life in his name. He is risen. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray. Jesus, may we define our lives by who you say you are. When we are anxious of running out of what we need, help us remember that you are the bread of life. When we are overwhelmed by darkness, remind us that you are the light of the world. When the noise and clamor compete for our attention, help us listen for the voice of you, our good shepherd. When we don't know what the future holds, assure us that we know the way. When we feel disconnected, remind us that you are the vine and we are the branches. As we experience the grief of what we've lost, Help us find hope in you, the resurrection and the life. Our church facilities are empty this morning, God. We choose to rejoice that your tomb is empty. We ask all of this in your name as we celebrate your great victory over death on this Easter Sunday, amen. Friends, as a part of worship, we have the opportunity to be generous, and I'm so proud to be a part of a church that continues to reach out and make a difference in Jesus' name. We have a long-standing missional partner, uh, an organization called Baby Grace, and they come alongside families who are financially struggling that have children that are preschool age. And recently, we put out a call for some supplies that Baby Grace asked for, and wouldn't you know, the response was overwhelming. It was more than they could even take. And so we had folks as they were going about their necessary business, grabbing these specific items, and we had this real specific window to drop them off in a barn, and the response was overwhelming. So thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for continuing to support the church, uh, especially in this uh, incredibly challenging time, so that we can continue to reach out and help folks when they need it most. We have a few different options for you to be able to give. To give via text, text the word GIVE to 816-354-1760. Immediately, you will get a link on your phone to go and set up your account. Then you'll choose what campus you attend, how much your amount is, as well as your payment information. Then hit send, and you've given via text. Now, the next time you want to give via text, now you've already set up your account, all you have to do is text what amount to 816-354-1760. If you have any questions about text giving, reach out to office at carneyfumc.org. Thank you so much for your continued generosity and may God bless these are generous gifts so that the circle of his love can grow wider and wider.
4: We join me and Alice in our next song from our hymnal He Lives Number three ten I serve a risen Savior he's in the world today I know that he is living whatever Paul's may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading Through all the stormy blast The day of His appearing Will come at last He lives, He lives Christ Jesus lives today He walks with me and talks with me Along life's narrow way He lives, He lives Salvation to impart You Lift up your voice and sing Eternal alleluia to Jesus Christ the King The hope of all who seek Him The help of all who find None other is so loving, so good and kind He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen.
0: Friends, thank you so much for worshiping online. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And because of this, even though we may have lost a lot, not all is lost. So I hope you have an awesome Easter celebration. Uh, For the kiddos, we have an Easter jam uh, video that they can participate in that's got a lot of great stuff. My family's gonna be doing that on Easter Sunday. You can check that out on our First Kids Facebook page. So friends, go in peace. He is risen. Amen.